so many people, when they think about gratitude, they think of it as being a softer side of leadership, that mm -hmm. it's a nice to have, not a must have. So we thought, well, why do people think that? Because in every study that we look at, whether it's employee engagement or productivity or innovation, feeling grateful, I mean, being recognized for your work, you know, believing what you do matters and being recognized for making a difference was always so key. So we took a deep dive and we said, so why is it that people don't give recognition? What are the barriers? And that's what we came up with that gratitude gap that leaders, 70% said, I'm really good at it. And only 23% of their employees agreed. That's, oh, what wow. we called the, yeah, that's what we call the gratitude gap. That's Chester Elton. He's the New York Times bestselling co-author of Leading with Gratitude. He's a leadership consultant working with a number of top firms, and he's number three on the Global Guru's Top 30 Leadership Professionals for 2022. The big question for us is, why should we care about this gratitude gap? For one thing, and Chester's Canadian, so he's like a month ahead of us on this, but we Americans are celebrating Thanksgiving this week. Given that, it's probably easy to fall into a kind of should attitude about gratitude, that it's a, a moral positive thing that you ought to do because it's the ought to kind of thing to do. And that's true, and I'm not here to undermine that, but I would like to take a little license to be a tiny bit crass and just make this observation. If you can close that, say, 50-point gratitude gap, you'll make more money. Your employees will be happier, They'll stay longer in your business, they'll work harder, and you'll get better results. Which is to say that you can experience some pretty big wins just by showing gratitude. I want to talk to you about the gratitude advantage, which is to say I want to talk to you about the upside of practicing gratitude as a business owner in your organization. Now, the research on gratitude is pretty clear. Gratitude can help reduce our stress. Gratitude inoculates us from negative emotions. Gratitude sustains our relationships, and it also improves our health. But gratitude is also something that is actually pretty rare in the business space. The first time I started hearing about this was from the work of Jeremy Adam Smith, He's the editor at the Greater Good magazine, which comes out of UC Berkeley. They do a lot of research and have for quite a while now on gratitude and specifically how it shows up in relationships, the workplace, and so on. And what Smith has pointed out is that work is actually one of the last places people feel gratitude. You can see it right there in those statistics that Chester brought up at the top of the show. When he says that there's a gratitude gap that leaders say, yeah, like, we're doing great on gratitude. But the employees say, eh, no, we're not. There's a big gap there. There's a big problem. But of course, that also means that there's a great opportunity. And if leaders are able to close that gap, like I said a moment ago, they will get better engagement. They'll get better results. And that means that their teams will excel and they will excel also. Hi, I'm Joel Miller, and I'm the Chief Product Officer here at Full Focus. Today on the Business Accelerator podcast, we are talking about gratitude. So here's how we're going to unpack this. I've asked Megan Hyatt Miller, our CEO, and also our Chief Revenue Officer, Courtney Baker, to come on and chat about how leaders can model gratitude to their teams. The law of replication is real, and when a leader sets the pace for gratitude in an organization, they can expect to see some real wins. Then we're going to come back to the conversation with Chester Elton. He's going to walk through some myths about gratitude and also some practices that leaders can implement, you know, right now to see some big changes in their organizations. All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. It's, yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, And we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site-wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free, um, your best year ever vinyl sticker pack. 
for any new planner subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on yeah. your Stanley mug? And if are you got them, them if you got them on Black Friday, these are different. These are these are going to be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner, you can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. Good. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't, it's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes. It's going to be fantastic. Crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code holiday 10 to get all these deals and more. So let's jump into this conversation with Megan and Courtney. They're going to talk about five ways you as a business owner can model gratitude inside your organization. Okay, Courtney, I have to be honest, you know this about me, but probably all of our listeners don't know this about me. One of the things that I hate might even be like my top thing that I hate is entitlement, Mm -hmm. especially in a professional context, although it's a close second with my own kids, but (laughs) nevertheless, I mean, does that drive you crazy too? It does. I do know this about you. I would say this is like your number one I, from my, my perspective. Like when I yeah. think about you, it's like, do not come to me in an attitude of entitlement. Like you are not going to be successful with that No. Um, here. And I would say I definitely, yes, yeah, certainly it's bothersome. Like it definitely drives me crazy. I'm trying to think if there's anything that drives me more crazy, but in this moment, I can't think of anything else. I'll go with yes. Like, yes, that it it is just a really, it's frustrating to say the least. Um, I think the even more frustrating thing is when you find yourself like, all of a sudden I have all this like entitlement of a little bit of like, wait, are they modeling that from me? Like, where is that? Yeah coming from. And so it's almost like yeah. I do hate it and other people and then really quickly have to say like, well, where is where is this stemming from? Well, that really, <laughs> that brings up my least favorite law of the universe, the law of <laughs> replication, which is, <laughs> which, which basically states that whatever I do, whatever behavior I engage in, whatever my true values are as a leader are going to be consciously or unconsciously replicated in the people that work for me. And so if I have an entitlement problem in my company, it's possible that there is an entitlement problem in me. And I think you're right. Part of the reason this drives me crazy is because it's ugly in other people, but it's really ugly in myself. And part of that, part of the reason that it's ugly is in my own, in myself is because I think gratitude is so important. You know, this is something that I really learned from my dad. And I think it's woven into the DNA of our company that, you know, this life is a gift. Everything we have is a gift, you know, that regardless of our effort or whatever, there are so many things that are outside of our control. And, you know, from a faith perspective, which, you know, we're coming from, we know not everybody is, and that's fine. But, you know, we, we believe that, you know, these are gifts from God. And so the idea of entitlement is so at odds with gratitude. And I think, personally speaking for myself, it's so at odds with who I aspire to be that when I either encounter that internal conflict within myself of entitlement or I see it in others, I'm like, oh, we got to get rid of that. You know, we got to root that out because you really can't have gratitude and entitlement coexist. I think that's that's so true. And I also find it's almost like a slippery slope that you can get into where it's, I find yeah. in myself that I'm, I am, I don't know if you know this, Megan, but I got a few things happening over here in my world, you know, and you get no, busy you do. and you just, yep. you're just trying to get the things done. And so you kind yeah. of take a pass on gratitude, not because you don't want to be grateful. You probably do. You're just busy. And then like slowly over time, it erodes into this like 
actually all of a sudden I've slipped into entitlement, maybe not intentionally, but just find yourself there. And it's, it's especially hard when you have someone else have to be the one to like show you that, you know, it's like, ah, man, that is painful. And so I think, you know, what we're going to be talking about today is a really nice intentionality to that. So you don't, even if you're not like, I'm not really naturally in a title place. I do think we all have those seasons where we kind of naturally slip there um, sometimes unconsciously. Yeah. Well, I know that I do. And I think actually this is a real danger of success. It's a danger of leadership, you know, when all of a sudden, I mean, it doesn't really happen all of a sudden, but it can feel like, you know, fairly quickly, you have a whole group of people around you and their job is to make what you want to do happen. I mean, that's a kind of a crass way to say it, right? But like, you're the leader of the company, you have a vision, everybody else is, is helping to make that happen. And instead of seeing that as a profound gift, and I mean, I'm being like confessional about it when I say this, that's how I want to see it. But sometimes I'm like, you know, okay, why, why didn't they get me that at this time? Or why didn't they know that I would need that? And it's like, instead of just being so humbled and grateful to have an amazing team who are all committed to the same thing and working together. And so I think in a way, gratitude is not only something we want to install in our organizations, but it's something that we want to practice intentionally ourselves all year long, not just this time of year, but all year long, because it's really the antidote to uh, arrogance and entitlement in ourselves as leaders, which is also going to help keep that from taking root in our organizations. So today we're going to talk about five ways that you can model gratitude as a leader inside your organization. So the first way that you can model gratitude is by recognizing the value. And You know, Courtney, I think this really starts with believing in what you're selling. And I I think it's interesting that about half of HR managers say that the uh, workplace gratitude actually improves profitability. I do find that really interesting. And I have to believe that it is true. Like my, you know, ability or want my drive to contribute is higher when I'm grateful for something, when I, you know, I I don't know, it's like the entitlement side of it. If it makes it feel so transactional, your employment, I'm going to do X and in return, you're going to give X. So I think most people spend the majority of their time at work. You know, that's, you know, hopefully you're getting a good night's rest, but statistically, you're probably at the office more than anywhere else. And if if that's the case, you know, if you have an attitude of gratitude, I didn't mean to do that uh, cliche there, but let's go with it. Um, you know, it's gonna affect every part of you know how you're showing up, you know what you're contributing, and so I can only imagine that it improving profitability is just natural when you do that. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, it reminds me of a quote by Jeremy Adam Smith. He said, we don't just work for money. We also work for respect, for a sense of accomplishment and for a feeling of purpose, which I think is so true. I think, um, you know, there's a whole lot of conversation about engagement inside organizations and how do you drive engagement. And I think recognizing the value in people and in their contribution is a huge reason uh, that people are or are not engaged, you know, and if people feel like their worth mean their their work means nothing and nobody really cares or notices what they do, then it's very demotivating. But when you see somebody who's catching you in uh, you know, the act of doing something great on a regular basis, it's very motivating. I mean, you're reinforcing that behavior. And so I, one of the things that helps me with this is I, I really try to just attune my attention to people doing excellent work or excelling in their work. And in particular, um, it's very easy, I, I find, Courtney, I don't know what your experience is, but it's really easy to recognize leaders because they usually get most of the credit. I mean, honestly, they're usually initiating things. And at some level, they do get the credit, you know, but the people who are working for them in, um, you know, more individual contributor type roles often don't get seen as often. And I think part of our work as leaders is people value what we esteem, 
you know? And so when we say it really matters, you know, to our executive assistant that you are able to rearrange the calendar to accommodate, uh, you were talking before we got on about a kindergarten field trip with your daughter, Kit, you know? Well, like, that's really work that matters. And it's also work that is often invisible to other people because it's it's more, you know, between one person and another than an entire team of people. And so I think if we can call those things out and really recognize and affirm their value, it it helps um, it helps us practice gratitude, but it also helps people feel recognized in a way that's important. Okay, the second way to model gratitude is to step outside of your comfort zone. And this is kind of when we're going to take a little trip to the honest planet, because the truth is expressing gratitude, like stopping someone and, and really recognizing what they're doing, or maybe you stand up in a meeting that you're leading and you call people out or you're affirming them. This is something that we do on a quarterly basis. We give people awards that correspond to our core values. I love that. You know, it's, it's a little bit vulnerable, don't you think, Courtney? I I do. And I think kind of what you said a second ago is so true is sometimes, you know, especially the higher up in an organization, or if you're a small business owner, you've just lost the visibility into like, the actual yeah. ins and outs of a role. And so you're kind of dependent on either somebody feeding you that information, yep. um, or just hoping that the way that you see it is correct. And so that makes it even more of a step um, out of your comfort zone because yep. you're, you know, so far removed from the actual execution of the thing that you're probably praising. Um, so it yeah. is a little bit of, okay, I hope I got this right. You know, <laughs> I, I hope that what I'm praising this, you know, person for is, is, you know, actually what they did. Um, or the other thing that sometimes I find is that puts me a little in my discomfort zone is wanting to make sure that I recognize all of the people, you know, that mm -hmm. I don't just, you know, think the one person when really there were three people yes. that oh, should have word, been. Yes. And so I do think there's a sense of like, oh, I don't want to do it wrong. And so I yeah. don't do it. Um, of just, that's probably, you know, it's going to happen. It's not worth like not doing it, but just being willing to be like, you know what, some of that's just going to be, have to be, mm -hmm. you know, part of it and still make the step outside of my, for me, you know, my comfort zone. I agree. You know, it's funny that uh, Templeton study that we were talking about at the beginning of this episode found that only one in 10 of us actually communicates gratitude at work on any given day. So like a third of us are afraid to do it just in general. And then only one in 10 of us actually express our gratitude, which is kind of sad. You know, I think in a way, if you're a business owner or you're the CEO or a leader of a team, uh, you're kind of the cheerleader in chief and you almost have to embrace like a certain level of silliness with the vulnerability and just like be willing to come in and be like, Hey, you did it, you know, or, or call somebody out or send them a thank you note or whatever. But there's such a huge boost to morale when the leader is willing to get outside of his or her comfort zone and cheer people on and recognize people. But you do have to be willing to make mistakes. You have to be willing to, to just kind of be in the spotlight a little bit um, in order to really turn the spotlight on somebody else. So it's just good to know that that's a normal hesitancy that people have, but also like if we're going to build a culture of gratitude, we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone. Do you think this, like our parents, obviously we weren't working when we were children, uh, at least not legally, um, that, <laughs> you know, they, they weren't there to guide us through how to do gratitude at work and so we just decided to opt out? Or is this just, we're actually not giving gratitude in our entire lives, also hmm. not in the office? I mean, I'm just really curious of why that is the way it is. Um, or is it just, that's the way that it's been modeled for so long of, yeah. you know, hey, this is what successful people do in the office and it looks like X. And we've just continued to kind of mm -hmm. replicate that. I think that's right. If I had to guess, I don't know what the data would say if there is data on this. Um, but I would guess that it's the last thing that you said, that there's just so kind of been... So we can't go to therapy and blame our parents for this too. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I think we'd have to blame scores of parents who were leading businesses, you know, because I think that this just kind of goes back to like an old corporate culture where yeah. you don't really show emotions, you're trying to be tough. You know, it's, there's just not a lot of space for for humanity at work. And I think that has really shifted, especially post-COVID. The expectations are just very different around mm-hmm. how leaders relate to their teams from a human standpoint. And I think gratitude is a part of that. I think we've got yeah. to, to fold this into our leadership style, even if it's not something that we came up with or something that has been part of our natural kind of MO. Like this is this is critical for leading post-COVID and really driving engagement through gratitude. Okay, the third way that we build a culture of gratitude is that we have to spread the credit. So this is kind of what I was talking about earlier, you know, especially if you're the business owner or CEO, it's really easy to just praise your executive team, or your leadership team, or your right-hand person, because that's the person that is reporting to you that you're seeing their effort on a daily basis, you know what it took for them to get their team to accomplish that. But in reality, the people that need recognition the most are the people who are the individual contributors. Not that you can't recognize your leaders, of course you can, but it's really important to try to be intentional about recognizing as many people as possible, in particular, the people who are most likely to be unrecognized, uh, the people who uh, whose work might be a little bit more invisible, or maybe they, they're doing creative work and they're not in the office very much. And so, you know, you kind of forget they're there if they don't report to you. They're very likely doing mission critical work on a daily basis. And without them, you really couldn't accomplish the big things that you're making happen. And it means so much when they know that you see them. You know, I find that this is one of those skill sets that becomes hard when you're working out of a sense of fear or you're afraid or maybe, you know, like there's a fear of failure to turn around and basically give away, you know, it kind of almost is like scarcity thinking like, oh gosh, if there's praise, it better be coming for me. And so it's like you you want to hoard it. And it, it really is like one of those checkpoints if you ever feel this come up of being like, why do I, yep. why am I afraid to turn around and say, like, look at these people, look at the amazing things that like basically to give away the the praise, you know, yep. like look at these people. And so I that is a really interesting, it would be fascinating to do some studies around work cultures and like mm-hmm. how healthy an organization is tied to ha- their ability for leaders to turn around and praise, you know, others. Well, I think this kind of goes back to that idea that we were talking about at the very beginning, this idea that everything is a gift and that even the people that we're entrusted with, maybe especially the people that we're entrusted with in our organizations that are on our teams, you know, is a humbling stewardship, really. And so there, there is kind of a a discipline of humility in recognizing other people. And like you said, Courtney, giving away the credit that I think is the mark of a mature leader. And one of yeah. the things you can do as a leader, uh, you know, if you if you have a team that's big enough where you're going to be um, giving credit to people who are maybe at a more individual contributor level or further down the org chart is you can have a conversation with your direct reports and just kind of read them in on it and just say, I want you to know how much I appreciate you, how grateful I am for your contribution, and then be specific, which we're going to talk about in a second. But here's my strategy on this. I really want to make sure that the people who are reporting to you feel seen by me, that they feel like they feel recognized for their effort. And and if I give you all the credit, even though that's natural for me, because I see what you're doing, it really robs them of the opportunity to have that sense of accomplishment that's so critical for their ongoing performance and satisfaction in their role. Okay, so the fourth way that you build a culture of gratitude in your organization is highlight specifics. And I remember back when I was in college, I had a professor who um, did a really, really good job of this. And he would give awards every year. 
And when he gave the award, it was always like some antiquarian book or some, you know, special kind of treasure like that. But he would give you this award that was named after some historical figure. And he would talk about the attributes of that figure. And then he would talk about uh, the person who was receiving the award, how how they were acting and, and leading and learning and all the things and how those two things correlated. And it just made you feel amazing. Like it, it made you feel like your very best self because he had really seen you for who you were and who you were becoming. And that's really stuck with me. Um, you know, I think it's easy to just be like, hey, thanks for your great job, you know, pat, pat on the back. Mm-hmm. And that's not very meaningful. Yeah, I I love this. And I can definitely think back to moments that, you know, I felt very celebrated and very seen um, for my contribution. They were very specific and sometimes even saw things that I didn't see myself, which is even more powerful. And I, I think this is, for me, this is where the work really is. You know, of, yep. of seeing those and holding on to them and taking action on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, this is a very powerful tool, uh, especially, you know, what we talked about earlier of like seeing the value in it and the impact on profitability. I think this one really can drive that. Okay, well, that leads us to the fifth and final way that you can build a culture of gratitude in your organization, which is to make a plan. I mean, you know, we're all about some plans here at Full Focus and Business <laughs> Accelerator. We never met anything we didn't want to plan for or, you know, envision the future about. And gratitude is no different. So, you know, I think one of the biggest reasons that we don't express gratitude is because it feels like it needs to be spontaneous, you know, like you're just walking to the coffee maker and you see Mm -hmm. somebody who reports to somebody who reports to you and you're supposed to just be able to tell them something that you're grateful for. You know, sometimes that happens and that's great. But like anybody, I think about marriage, you know, anybody who's been married for a long time, Courtney, like you and I have, I mean, we're not really relying on spontaneity to keep our marriage going primarily, right? Like we're being intentional about planning because our lives are busy. We have busy careers and families and all that. And so we're intentional about planning date nights, planning vacations with our spouses, writing cards to them. And I, I think sometimes we we put our work in like this little bubble where, you know, it's something totally different than relationships outside of work. And actually a lot of the same principles apply, you know? So if you think about it, what are the activation triggers, the, the things that you can kind of set up in advance? We talk about this in the Full Focus Planner so that you are triggered to do the thing you want to do without having to do it spontaneously. You know, like making a reminder with your executive assistant to send birthday cards to your direct reports or writing a handwritten card with bonus checks or scheduling awards on a quarterly basis with your team. Or we do something mm-hmm. at Full Focus where... Um, we have a, a bi-weekly wins video. I ask all the executives to contribute their wins for the last two weeks. And in particular, shout out people on their team and other teams that had really made it an exceptional contribution. And I just get reminded to do that. Like, I don't have to think to myself, who do I want to recognize this week? Because actually that's getting fed to me and then I can communicate it, which is my contribution. And, and so I think it's like, how do you automate this? Like, how do you make a plan to automate gratitude yeah. as much as possible? I think this is so helpful. Uh, one of the two of my favorite ways um, has been I do a like rotating uh, coffee meeting with oh. everybody that reports up to me at some point and making that part of the meeting of just saying, hey, I've seen this and this and this um, to kind of set the tone of like the conversation. Yeah. It's just a nice, it's already on the calendar. I know the plan for it. The other thing I love that we do is uh, we do uh, department shout outs. And what that allows is for the people that report to you and each other to say the things they've seen. But you as the leader get to say, wow, that is amazing. So and so like, thank you Mm -hmm. for doing that. So not only are you as the leader getting to show your gratitude, but they're in front of all their peers are getting, you know, the accolade. And uh, I think those have, those have been really nice uh, to kind of plan those. I love those. I can think about a dinner we did as an executive team several years ago um, where I had all the executives um, think in advance about what the greatest contribution of the other executives was and then share that as a group. 
And I had originally planned to just do all that myself, you know, kind of like make it like awards. Mm -hmm. And it was so much richer because there's something about hearing from your peers in front of your boss that's just really significant, you know, and that's one of the most special nights I can ever remember professionally. Mm -hmm. And, and honestly, it wasn't difficult or expensive. It was just intentional, you know? So can I share one other that I think was your idea that I loved it so much and it was, I think it might've been for, it was around Thanksgiving, I think one year, but you, they gave each of us like five people in the organization and gave us thank you cards to write to those people. And I saved mine for a really long time. I mean, they were so special. Some of the things people wrote and it just was such a great way to facilitate this kind of the opposite of entitlement. And there's nothing like getting a sweet note from a coworker to kind of change how you're approaching your work with them or just yeah. what you're contributing. So that was great idea, Megan. <laughs> uh, well, actually, that wasn't my idea. I don't remember whose it was, um, but I love that idea too. And I remember that. That was really special. Whoever you are out there, your idea, we're trying to share the credit right now, but we're not capable of doing it. But just know, we see you in our hearts, okay? We see you in our hearts. That might have been Susie Barber now that I think about it. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, the bottom line here, guys, is that if you want to fend off entitlement, then you have to model something better. You really have to embody gratitude as the leader if you want that to flow out through your organization. And beyond that, you know, as we talk about often at Full Focus and a Business Accelerator, we're all about building high performance culture. We want to have people's best uh, performance inside our organization. But the only way to do that is to have their hearts. And you can't do that by demanding it or requiring it. You really have to earn it. And I think gratitude is the best way. You know, when people feel seen and recognized and valued and celebrated, then they're going to bring so much more to the table than if it is just a transactional relationship. So personally, for me, when I think about this topic this time of year and all year round, I get really excited because it's there's so much that's within our control. There are many things that we can't control in life and in business, but our gratitude and how we choose to prioritize it is absolutely something that we can control. So I'm just going to review these um, five ways that you can build a culture of gratitude inside your organization before we go. Number one, uh, recognize the value in others. Number two, to step outside of your comfort zone. Number three, to spread the credit. Number four, to highlight the specifics. And number five, of course, make a plan. One of the things I love about that conversation between Megan and Courtney is how practical it is. Those five ways to model gratitude are pretty actionable. Really, any one of us can begin implementing those with our teams today. But there's more that we could say about this topic. And that's why I've asked Chester Elton to come on the show after the break and talk about how leaders can close the gratitude gap. Marissa, I cannot tell you how excited I am for your best year ever live coming up January 5th. Yes, I'm so excited too. I can't wait. Yes, this is the event that you would want to come attend. If you're just like, man, I want to look at how well did I do in the past, but I also want to set myself up for success to have, like we call it in the title, your best year ever. This is the event you want to be at. We have thousands of people coming to this event already. And you and I will be emceeing this event. Yes. So there's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement to come join us to make it a great year for you. Now, in order for you to receive it, all you have to do is buy the Full Focus Goal Setting Course and you get a ticket to your best year ever. Yes. And the best part is that that course is 25% off right now. So uh, you're going to get a discount and a ticket to the live event, which is normally $197. That's a killer so deal. So it's a killer deal. It's a no-brainer in my opinion. Um, but definitely join us. It's going to be so much fun. January 5th, it's totally virtual. So no matter where you are in the world or um, you know whether you can get on a plane or not, don't worry about it. You don't have to. You can do this from the comfort of your own home. And 
we'll be right there. Yeah. And just imagine having your goals already set for the entire year and a plan to execute them. Yeah. That's worth all the money that you can. And the best part, it's a free event for you yeah. if you buy the Full Focus Goal Setting Course. Yes. All right. Well, we would love to see you there. So make sure to go to fullfocusstore.com and take advantage of this deal. We'd love to see you at your best driver live. I'm really excited about this next conversation also, the one with Chester Elton. Just a reminder, he is the New York Times bestselling author of Leading with Gratitude. And where we left it with him was this idea of the gratitude gap. And what is that? Just a reminder, when surveyed, leaders said, like 70% of them, that they're really great at gratitude. Meanwhile, only 23% of their employees agreed. That's the gratitude gap. It's like a near 50-point stretch between what a leader assumes is true and what an employee assumes is true about how gratitude is operating on their teams. And let's be honest, that's a shocking number. So I needed to ask Chester this question. I needed to find out how does this show up in an organization? Well, I'll tell you a great little story. We were working with an organization and had a great day of training and classes and we're going off to dinner at this wonderful restaurant in New York City. And uh, as I was talking with the HR guys, I said, gosh, it must be so great for you when it comes to recognition because your CEO just buys in. I mean, he loves recognition. He goes, yeah, he's the only one that really thinks that though. <laughs> I mean, I think where the barrier is, is that leaders, you get so caught up in what you're doing and checking the boxes in your own success, you become a little self-centered. Yeah. And you forget that, you know, that servant leadership really does give credit where credit is due, which was another chapter in the book that we enjoyed experimenting with and researching. So you mentioned that 50 point gap, more or less. How extensive would you say that problem is? Like numbers are numbers, but what does this look like on the ground? Yeah, it's very, very common. You know, we've got a database of over a million engagement surveys. And one of the questions in an engagement survey is very much along the lines of Gallup when they do engagement, which is, I've been recognized for my work in the last seven days. Mm -hmm. It's almost always one of the lowest scores in engagement surveys, with the exception of some extraordinary companies that we highlighted in the book, mm -hmm. like American Express and WD-40 and 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 so on. So it's it, it really is prevalent. And what we do in our executive coaching practice is it's all about being intentional and being disciplined. We're big fans of symbols and rituals that help leaders remind themselves that right when you think you're doing it too much, it's probably about right. So let's get into why this happens, uh, this distance between the intent of maybe giving gratitude or the the knowing that you should and the actually doing it. You talk about seven myths of gratitude, and I thought we might highlight a few. Uh, here's the first one. I'm just not wired to feel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, and it would be disingenuous of me to all of a sudden start thanking people. And you say, look, um, whenever you try something new, it's going to be hard. I said, do mm -hmm. you golf? And they'll say, yeah. I said, well, when you picked up a golf club, did you... Was your score 18 for those first 18 holes? I mean, how good were you? You know, it takes practice. And 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 then they'll get the pushback and say, well, I, I, I'll I do it just because you tell me I should, but I'm just checking the box. And I go, great. I love that you're checking the box. You know, it's like when you, you decide you want to exercise and you say, I'm going to go run. I don't know anybody that initially goes, you know what? I put on those shoes. I love running. Right. No, you hate it. The more you do it, the better you get. You develop a habit. It's intentional and it's practice. So I said, look... We've got all the data to show you that it works, that your people want it, that you should be doing it. Trust me, just start doing it. Start checking the box and you'll, you'll, you'll hit that tipping point from it's not just what you do. It becomes who you are. And yep. that's when it gets really good. There's a, a principle in Benedictine spirituality in which, uh, let's say you're a monastic and you're supposed to be reciting the Psalms and you're just not feeling it. The, the idea is you go ahead and recite it anyway, and your heart catches up to your mouth. Exactly. I uh, grew up in a very religious family, and uh, along that same line, say, I just don't feel like praying. I say, well, pray until you do. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the best advice I ever got. Yeah. So the idea here is you're going to practice it, even if like as a leader, it just feels a little foreign, feels stilted. You're still going to go ahead and intentionally express gratitude, understanding that the feeling of it will eventually catch up to the practice of it. Exactly. And and as I said, I'm a big fan of symbols and rituals. You know, we had a, a great 
leader that we studied, um, uh, Carlos Aguilera in uh, Dallas, Texas, right? And when he first became a manager, they called him a seagull manager, which meant he'd fly and mm-hmm. crap all over everything and fly out. He was really, really quick to point out what was going wrong and slow to point, uh, point out what's going right. So he developed a little ritual. He put 10 pennies in his left pocket. And he made a goal to have 10 positive interactions with his people every day. And he'd keep track by moving a penny from his left pocket to his right pocket. Simple little ritual, uh, team huddles, little texts, blast emails, and so on. And then he rewarded himself at the end of the day when all 10 pennies were in the other pocket. And, and that ritual developed a habit which changed the way he managed. And he went from being one of the lowest rated managers to the top rated manager. And, and by that, I mean, employee engagement, customer loyalty, customer satisfaction, safety, and on and on. So there are little tricks you can do, uh, you know, whether it's a gold star on the chart or, or pennies in your pocket. And we do it because it works. Yeah. That pennies in your pocket thing is brilliant, actually. It is. It's so simple, right? Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. And this one's a real mindset one, and it's maybe even a little bit cynical, perhaps, in the way it might uh, show up in somebody's thinking, but people want too much praise these days. Yeah, that um, that we found was kind of a generational thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the last of the baby boomers, and still a lot of baby boomer managers out there, and it's kind of like, uh, hey, I, I, I pay you. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you a professional? Don't right. You get, don't you get a little recognition every two weeks in your paycheck? And uh, and then you, you dig deeper and, and basically it's, I never got it and you're not going to get it either. <laughs> right? <laughs> so okay. just uh, turn that frown upside down and get to work. It's called work for a reason. Well, that's very old school. Right. Yeah. It's, it's very old school. And it's kind of like, oh, we're, we're, we're mollycoddling this young generation. Well, I'll tell you what was really interesting in our research, Joel. And again, this massive database and countless interviews. The people that want the most recognition are almost always your top performers. Mm-hmm. So you ask yourself, so how do I want to, you know, attract and retain top talent? Well, I want to make sure that they know that we appreciate their talent. And their engagement. And there's no better way to do that than simple acts of gratitude and, and recognition. So again, what we do is we talk about the data and the outcomes and how it re- reduce turnover and, you know, heighten innovation and so on. And then say, and here's how you can do it. Mm-hmm. Do it, do it now, do it often and be specific. So the data for credibility, the story to make it memorable, and then the tools to, to actually make it happen. What about the concern that gratitude is kind of soft? Like maybe a leader is mollycoddling their team by expressing too much gratitude. Is that a real thing? So let me give you an example of Alan Mulally. Uh, Alan was the guy that saved the Ford Motor Company in the recession 2008 to 2010. It's so interesting. When he took over at the Ford Motor Company, they had a 20% engagement score, which is ridiculously low. Yeah. When he left, it was over 90. Holy cow. And he did it. And and I'll tell you, it's so interesting because we've gotten to know Alan quite well. We're in the same kind of leadership group. And he says, you know, people think that when you give gratitude and praise that somehow you're soft. Trust me, I'm not soft. I mean, there was a wonderful book written on Alan called uh, American Icon, how Alan mm-hmm. Mulally saved the Ford Motor Company. One of the, the reporters that wrote that said, Alan Mulally has a spine of titanium. Like nobody was more demanding than Alan and people loved working for him because he gave credit where credit was due. Mm-hmm. He demanded excellence and when he got it, you knew it and, and you celebrated it. So, you know, this, this whole idea of we're mollycoddling, a lot of that comes from the misappropriation of gratitude and that's that it's too general. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. I get, uh, yeah. So let me give you an example. Joel, great job, man. You're the best. You're the therapist. You're number one. I'm telling you, man, you're the best. You're the best. You're the best. And I walk out of the room and you go, what the heck was that? <laughs> like, what did I do? See, the thing that Alan Mulally and the great leaders that we studied did, they were very specific. Yeah. You hit the deadline. You came in under budget. You know, you satisfied the customer. Brilliant. Do that again. And, they, and people flowed out of the room. Does that make sense? Well, based on those two answers to, you know, I'm not wired to feel it and people want too much praise, I can already predict where your answer on this one's going to go. But I want to use this question to help maybe tie those two thoughts together a little bit. Fear and money are the best motivators. Yeah. Now, listen, uh, fear is a great short-term motivator. I mean, there's no question. 
you know, the building's on fire, <laughs> you're yeah. motivated. And the business, you know, metaphor is, hey, we're going out of business, you know, let's work harder. The fact is, is that it burns people out very quickly. Yeah. You know, uh, after we wrote Leading with Gratitude, we wrote a book called Anxiety at Work. Uh, the, the latest studies, you know, by Deloitte and everybody else, 91% of workers in America are somewhat burned out right now. And it's because of the constant pressure, the constant change, the the uncertainty of everything that's going on. So, yeah, you want short-term results? Yeah, put the fear of God in people. If that's your leadership brand, you're going to get very lonely very quickly because mm -hmm. people won't work for you. Now, the second part, the money part. I'm not saying that, you know, the, uh, I, when you give somebody a plaque, that replaces a raise. Absolutely not. Go Try to pay your rent with a plaque. You know, right. bank, banks are not interested, right? So you want to pay your people as much as possible. You want to make it fair and equitable. And, and, and I would always recommend that you be a little above the industry average, right? The thing is, is that people will do more for a cause than they will, will for cash. Yeah. They will work harder for people that they admire, that they like, whose values and, and, and mission and vision align with theirs. I mean, I, I remember coming out of university. That's the Canadian in me. We don't go to college. We go to university, right? I came and said, if, if, if I could ever make X amount of dollars, you could ask me to do anything and I yeah. would do it. Like you could buy me. Well, then I was working in a situation where I was waking well more than that and couldn't wait to get out. I mean, my life was a living hell. I didn't like the people I was working for. I didn't see the nobility in the work we were doing. And it was my wife that pulled me aside and said, you got to quit. Mm -hmm. I want my husband back. So hopefully, I mean, it's a roundabout answer to, yeah, fear is short term. Money's important. But if that's your strategy for retention and productivity, you're going to be sorely lacking. So what we're saying here is you inspire a team with like a really compelling vision. You obviously you're fair and equitable and in, in how you are uh, paying people and, and all the rest. So let's just think of that as like a hygiene thing. You know, that's brushing your teeth. But above and beyond that, the gratitude is actually what keeps people engaged to that vision long term. Yeah. Let me give you a quick example on the money side. Do you, do you know which organization has some of the highest engagement scores of any organization in America? It's Teach for America. Mm. They pay almost nothing. I mean, when you get into Teach for America, you're not going to get rich. I mean, they it's all about the vision. Absolutely. In fact, they will guarantee you that you won't get rich. I mean, that's yeah. In, that's and by the way, we're going to pay you nothing. And yet they get out there. They're so mission driven and they're so committed to those kids. So yeah, I get the mission and vision right. And then, and then pay people as much as you possibly can. All right. So how can business owners start turning this around? You know, you mentioned the the executive with his 10 pennies. Let's get practical. You talk here in the book about kind of like two lines, uh, two tracks that you can run down um, for practices to begin engendering more gratitude in your practice as a business owner, as a leader. Those two tracks are seeing and expressing. And I wonder if you could talk first about seeing and then we can come to expressing. Yeah. So seeing, be in tune with what's going on. You know, the mm -hmm. first step there is, are you asking and soliciting input? You know, one of the highest engagers, as you look at surveys and whatnot uh, for employees is, is my voice heard? Do yeah. my opinions matter? So uh, an expression of gratitude, although it might not seem as obvious, is I ask for your opinion. I ask for your input. It's a wonderful way to start building a culture of gratitude. Uh, the second one is my favorite, and we could talk for an hour on, on this alone, and that is assume positive intent. Yeah. I mean, assume positive intent. We, we are so quick to jump to the negative, right? Somebody's late. Ah, they're lazy. Well, maybe they had to rush their kid to the emergency room. I mean, right. you know, let's uh, – Hubert Jolie was one of the leaders we interviewed. He was the guy that saved Best Buy. He's a delightful guy, delightful French accent. Uh, there's nobody better than Hubert. He's, he's now teaching it at Harvard. And he said, look, I may be the most naive leader ever. I just assume when people come to work, they want to do a good job. And in trying to do a good job, they're going to make mistakes, and that's okay. I, I, I honestly believe, Joel, there are very few people that wake up in the morning and say, today, my goal is to screw up really, really royally three times before lunch. I mean, that's yeah. my goal. I'm going to put three pennies in my left pocket. And if I don't screw up three times before lunch, I'll be failing. No, people, you know, and there is always the outlier. And I get that. And you, you manage that situation. P 
people come to work, they want to earn a good living. They, they want to be happy. They want to feel like what they do matters. They want to make a difference. And when they do, they want to be celebrated. Talk then about expression, like expressing kinds of practices. What would you, what would you put in that bucket? Yeah. Well, you know, we have four and four, so we've done mm-hmm. two there. Let's do two over on the other side. Uh, one is, is look, tailor it to the individual. Mm-hmm. You know, so often we think, well, we'll give, it's Thanksgiving, we'll give everybody a turkey. Well, you know, my guess is you've got a vegetarian or two in there, right? I mean, I'll never forget when I, I got, I, we were living in Detroit, I was selling a media time, it was great fun. Got the job that I wanted in New York, you know, the Big Apple. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Love the interviews I had with my boss, and he was so excited. And he sent me this beautiful, great big bottle of champagne to celebrate with my wife. Showed up at our, our little co-op in, in Detroit. Well, we're devout Mormons. We don't drink alcohol. <laughs> and while I appreciated the effort, you know, and I appreciated the sentiment, yeah. my my neighbor was over the moon because it was really, a, 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 I know nothing about champagne. Apparently, this was a really good and expensive <laughs> bottle of champagne. And so, you know, and so I said, hey, uh, by the way, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. J- just for the future, uh, Box of chocolates, like we were crazy. Salted caramel, that would be really a big hit. So get to know your people well enough. Now, if you're doing the seeing part, if you're asking soliciting input, and you know your people, and I'm a big fan as leaders, know your people's stories. Know where they came from, why they're here, what they want to accomplish while they're here, and where they want to be two or three years from now. If you know their stories, you can tailor it to the individual. This guy's a movie buff. This guy collects comic books. This guy, you know what I mean? And when you tailor it to the individual, it makes all the difference. And you can avoid sending a honey-baked ham to a devout Jewish family or, or, a, or a carafe of, uh, of wine, you know, to, uh, to devout Baptists. What about another form of expressing? Yeah, th- this is where we have a lot of fun. It's do it now, do it often, be sincere. Okay. You know, you think you're going to remember at the end of the week, the meeting or the end of the quarter or, you know, the year-end banquet, and you don't. Yeah. Uh, recognition, gratitude, it doesn't keep. Primacy, recency, the closer the gratitude is to the behavior, the more likely it is to be repeated. Sports analogies are overused because they work. You win the Super Bowl, I want the trophy now. You know, I win the yeah. gold medal, I'm still on my skates and in my jersey. That's the Canadian in me because we tend to win a lot of hockey gold medals. The point is, is do it now. Then do it often. Now, mm-hmm. Joel, this is where I have a lot of fun. Because, well, you can do it too much. You know, this generation wants too much. I said, really? I said, um, when was the last time you came home from work and said to your spouse, your partner, your family, man, I couldn't get anything done today? Say why? Too much praise and recognition. <laughs> too many cakes, too many balloons. I got a plaque. I, I got two tickets to Hawaii. What are we going to do with that? You know, I'm staying home. It never happened. So one of the ways that I debunk that myth is they say, are you happily married? They said, yeah. Really? How long? 20 years. How often do you tell your partner, your, your spouse that you love them? Oh, multiple times a day. Does it ever get old? They go, no. I said, I love you in your personal life translates to thank you in the workplace. And by the way, don't get that mixed up because that'll cause HR all kind of problems, right? <laughs> so, you know, do it, do it now and do it often. So how can leaders screw this up? What, you know, what should we avoid as we're doing this? It's such a great question. You know, it's so interesting. I, I tell leaders, the way you can screw this up is stop paying attention. Mm. If you stop paying attention, you'll screw it up. Get to know your people, know their stories, know what their ambitions are, know what their motivators are. You know, get down. One of the things we talk about in seeing is walk in their shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do not do the ivory tower thing where you just show up for the ribbon cutting. I mean, get down there and, and work with your people and pay attention. The, the easiest way to screw it up is stop being curious, stop being engaged, and stop paying attention to your people in the work. And then lastly, be sincere. And that's where that specificity comes in. Yeah. General praise has no impact. If you tell me exactly what I did, I'm more likely to do it. It's a real simple three little things to remember. And if you'll do it like that and you'll tailor it to the individual, they'll think you're a, a recognition god. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by thank the cranks? <laughs> you know, this is a little thing that we put in the book that's one of my favorite stories because it's about my dad. Okay. My, my, my dad was one of the happiest guys you'll ever meet. 
And uh, you know, and we we grew up going to church, and in our in our faith, is there's no paid ministry; it's all volunteer. And he was the volunteer youth minister. And after church, and every congregation, you know, has got one of these just curmudgeonly old people that just want you to be as miserable as they are. And we we had an old lady like that in our congregation. And she comes up to my dad at the end of the end of the service and says, "You know, Brother Elton." You think all the young people in our congregation just love you. Well, I'm here to tell you they don't. Just as mean as mean. And my dad looks at her with a big smile and says, well, thank you very much. And she says, it wasn't a compliment. And he looked at her and said, too late. (laughs) I mean, it was classic, you know, just, you know, kill them with kindness. Uh I mean, I think especially now, Joel, we are such a a society of contempt. We roll our eyes. If you don't agree with me, not only are you a bad person, you're stupid. And how do you counteract that? I've never argued anybody. I've never shouted anybody into agreement with me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. So what do you do? You just love them. You just kill them with kindness. You say, hey, look, I really appreciate your opinion. I appreciate you sharing it with me. I just, I just really appreciate your, your, your sharp mind. And thank you very much. My, my, my dad would always say, you want to drive somebody crazy? Be really nice to them. (laughs) You know? Now, about this point in the show, I'm trying to bring it in for a landing. I've got one last question. I'm going to pose it to the guest and that's going to kind of be it. And then I'm going to come on and I'm going to say X, Y, or Z to wrap up the show. And you already know kind of what that is. We've been talking about gratitude so far. And what we've said is that there's this gratitude gap. It exists in business more than probably anywhere else in your life. And yet, if business owners could figure out how to close that gap, they'd see tremendous gains in employee satisfaction, in employee engagement. And honestly, all that boils down to cash. Because the truth is, if you're running a business with employees that want to be there and they're doing their best work, you're going to see it in your income statement. So this is an important topic, not to just deal with in a, at a moral level, which is obviously important, and especially one that we're thinking about here at Thanksgiving. But it's also one to think about all year long, just in terms of like good business. But like I was saying, this is where I normally come up with that summation and then pivot to my final question and wrap up the show. Here's the problem. Chester actually gave me a better closing than anything I could have come up with on my own. So here's Chester, and I'm going to let him close out the show. The thing that I found most gratifying about writing uh, Leading with Gratitude with Adrian was the last chapter that said, take it home. Every one of those leaders, they didn't just lead with gratitude in the workplace. They took it home. They thanked their spouses, their kids. They were grateful for teachers and coaches and ministers and neighbors. And I always love to say at the end of anything we ever do, say, look, it's a better way to lead. There's no question about it. We have the data and the case studies to prove it. It's also just a better way to live. My favorite data point is when you send your people home happy, At the end of the day, University of California study, they're 150% more likely to be happy in their personal lives. Send your people home happy. Take it home. And that's it for another episode of the Business Accelerator podcast. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, in the spirit of closing the gratitude gap, I just want to take a minute to thank Chester for being on the show. And I also really especially want to thank you for listening, for downloading the show, for sharing it with friends, for talking about it at work. That's how these ideas can make a difference beyond your earbuds. If you're a business owner and you're interested in learning more about our Business Accelerator coaching program, go to businessaccelerator.com. We help successful but overwhelmed small business owners just like you scale yourself and your business so you can win at work and succeed at life. It's what we call the double win. If you want to find out more about it, go to businessaccelerator.com. And that's the show. We'll be back next week with more conversations to accelerate your business.
right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. And yes. We can act. Okay. Like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, and we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, your best year ever vinyl sticker pack. For any new planner subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on your Stanley mug? And if you got them if you got them on Black Friday, these are different. These are these are gonna be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner, you can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. Good. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. Huge. It's like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes. It's going to be fantastic. Crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code holiday 10 to get all these deals and more.